This is YG TV and YG Stage, powered by Circle Electric and sponsored by Fleet Farm, Health Payment Systems, and Bell Bank Mortgage. I'm your host, Andy Wines, president of Green Up Solutions here at Serendipity Labs. YG Stage, powered by Circle Electric, is one of four shows here on YG TV. On the stage, we feature business owners, CEOs, thought leaders who inspire, influence, and break the rules of business. Young Guns is a growing group of entrepreneurs and free thinkers that are sharing new ways to grow your business, build your brand, and make an impact. If you like what you see here, be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel so you don't miss a thing. Today, we welcome Randy Walensky and Jeff Cordes. Randy and Jeff are both speakers, trainers, and consultants on the subject of millennial leadership, employee retention, and talent recruitment. We'll meet Randy and Jeff after this short break. Welcome to the Young Guns Podcast, bringing together entrepreneurs and business leaders that break the rules and challenge conventional wisdom. Thanks, and enjoy the show in three, two, one. Let's welcome Randy and Jeff to the stage. Gentlemen, how are we? We're well, thank you. Excellent. Excellent, excellent. So what are we talking about today? Making millennials great. Making millennials great. So I am, by some definitions, a millennial. You look like it. Come I, on, you gotta be. Don't I hide from it. it. Don't I, hide I from it. I feel like I resent it. I actually, I know I resent it because when people make yeah. that accusation, yes, I want to resent it. You want to step into a some other. A lot of millennials way. do. Okay, so I was born in '84. I think I'm in, I'm in that. You just made it. Just, just made a little it. Before. I don't want to just make it though. <laughs> you wanted to exceed it? Hey, a lot of, what people don't realize is we're kind of that, we remember analog life, we remember digital life. Sure. So I think there's a special group of us right there, and then the millennials, they're like the 90s babies. Exactly. exactly. We could go with that. Because it's such a big generation, it's like 16 years, so you have a, a, a real difference in how people think. Excellent. You made it out of it, Jeff. You snuck out of it. I All right. So what are we going to learn about millennials today, then? Couple quick tips for you. We usually do this program in an hour and 15, hour and a half. Okay. And so we're just gonna blitz through it. We're gonna go quick. I, I cannot wait to hear what you gotta say about people like me. Yes. The stage is yours. Hi, I'm Jeff, and I bring experience, knowledge, and wisdom to the duo. Hmm. Now, Jeff, how'd you get in here? This is supposed to be the Young Guns event. Well, I, I saw this sign that said something about Young Guns, and I, I just, Rolled Showed in and up, yeah. rolled, oh, there you are. You <laughs> you're know. not a young gun, you're a musket, Jeff. You know, remember those? Well, yeah, I guess so. You but I was, a, I was a young gun at one point. I mean, I remember watching Tom Cruise in the theater with Top Gun. They're bringing it back, Jeff. It's about to come back for a new generation. 25 years later. He's a little later. older now. Well, let's see. So I'm Randy. I'm the millennial. Uh, I bring Googling skills, uh, app support skills, uh, Snapchat filter adjustments. Yeah, clearly not navigation skills because when you do the navigation on your handheld device, we end up going down some You don't some need to navigate. Path. You trust it. You trust it. I Just trust, let it happen. I trust the Atlas. <laughs> you know what? When we talk to groups of people, we'll usually do and talk, Jeff and I, big groups of people, and they'll say, what's going on with millennials? What do you know about them, right? What would you use some adjectives to describe them? And it's usually something like that. Oh, they're obsessed with their phones. Oh, they are entitled. They're narcissistic. They're lazy. The venom just comes out from the audience. The venom pours out. But you know what? Every once in a while, they say something nice. Makes me feel good. Tech skills. They'll say they're compassionate, right? They're thoughtful of other people. Collaborative, collaborative generation. So we get some good things. And you know what? Just because you're in the box of this generation doesn't mean you're one thing or you're the other. You are probably a lot of things, but we also see a lot of people making some of those stereotypes, and that's what they are, just general things people say about us. True, right? We've seen a lot of yeah. entitled people. 
I've been ghosted by millennials trying to hire them where they show up for one day and you never hear from them again. They are making some of these things that are inappropriate true and we don't want that. We want to show them how to be great. But we also see a lot of millennials that are incredible. I mean, I've got three millennial kids and the things that they were doing at 25 put me to shame. I mean, they are so successful and they're millennials. So millennials can be great. It's about leadership. It's about how you choose to lead us. And that's what makes a difference. And a lot of people spend a lot of time complaining about millennials. But it's time to do something about it. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to do a blitz through this. This is going to be quick. We're just going to do three points that we pulled out quick that we think are some of the top things that you can do if you're a leader of millennials or you're a millennial leading millennials or Gen Z. They'll just be essential for you. So we want to hit the first one. The first one is growth. Growth is the number one thing. If you ask millennials, what do they want in an organization? 52% say growth overall is the number one. Growth is a huge point if you want to retain your millennials. And one of the best ways to do that is to develop a formal mentoring process. And I say formal, you don't want to leave it to mm -hmm. chance. Don't leave it up to chance. What happens? You're going to have the worst person, the last person that you want talking and leading your millennials, you're going to have the worst person on the down path. They're, they're like amoebas. They oh just, yeah, that'd be. <laughs> they, they glom onto the person and they poison them and they tell them everything that's negative about the organization. That is the last thing that you want to happen. Absolutely. And as a mentor, when you have a formalized mentoring process, and this could even be when I was a millennial, I was leading other millennials when I was a millennial. Millennials can lead other millennials and be mentors as well, right? Absolutely. So there's a couple key things. We're going to go through them. There's three questions that you as a leader or as a mentor could ask your millennials. And I was very fortunate because when I was 25, I worked for a guy who was a visionary. This is in the mid-80s. Back he, in the day. Back, back, in, back in the day, you know. Uh, Young muskets. You weren't even born. Because I was in the 80s, uh, you know, probably yeah. not when you were learning this, but somewhere in there. But he asked me three questions. Those questions were, is, where do you see yourself going? What's it going to take to get there? And are you willing to pay the price? Those are crucial questions. Why? Because you're not in control of their life. You're not in control of their career, but you're putting them in the driver's seat. You're putting them in a position to succeed, realizing that they're accountable for that. What are you going to do to make that change? What are you going to give up? What are you going to sacrifice to get where you want to go? It's not going to be handed to you because you showed up today. Your job is to facilitate them thinking about their career. Your job is not to manage their career for them. Absolutely. So that's number one. We're going to number two. Number two is feedback. Now this is an interesting one because a lot of times when we ask the crowd, hey, what do you know about them? They'll say things like they're whiners. I can't even correct them. They don't want to hear it. They won't listen. Feedback is essential for us. We want to get more in regular feedback. We've got the instant gratification feedback machine on tap all the time. We need feedback, good and bad, even if you don't think so, from our leaders, from our employers. Because that's how People grow. That's how you change it. It's a, it's a key Absolutely. to growth, and that's what we want. So we're going to talk about feedback. Should we give some examples? Yeah, we'll, we'll give, we're going to give you a couple examples. I will be the millennial. I'm qualified. Randy, get in my office, will you? Sit down. Sit down. I, I, you know that project we just wrapped up? We were not on budget. We, you know, we weren't on time. And, and Randy, don't just... Keep your mouth shut, okay? Keep your mouth shut because, you know, I've caught holy hell from the clients and I'm not gonna have this happen again. And if we have to have this conversation one more time, 
It's going to be the last time we have this conversation. Am, Randy, am I making myself clear? Uh, the answer is crystal. Jeff's lucky he didn't get me in tears. He was just pretending to. Hey, you talk that way, you talk so top down and, and at somebody like that with that kind of tone and that kind of attitude, you're, if they don't bust out and cry in your office, they ain't coming back. They'll show you, right? Yeah. They'll go live in mama's basement like they believe we all can. Well, and that was, <laughs> never, that was never the optimal way to it give never feedback. Was good it for never was. Anyone. Uh, but I had some bosses that did give feedback like that, you know, and all it does is demoralize people. The key is, is to do it right so that you build people up and you help them grow. That's the real key. So let's do that again. Let's say I'm still the same person, same problem, but let's give it in a better example of what would be good feedback or a way to give negative feedback in a good way. Randy, come on in. Have a seat, please. Uh, this is <clears throat> you know that project we just finished? And I think you knew as we went through it, we, we weren't on budget, we weren't on time. And I've taken a lot of flack from the customers. But that's okay, because ultimately I am responsible. But we have to figure out a way that we don't get a repeat of this. What do you, what do you think? What, do you, how, what should we do, what should we have done differently? Totally different feeling. Same problem, right? Same issue, but Jeff wasn't coming at and attacking me. He was talking to me like a normal person, and he did a couple key things, right? He even took responsibility for my screw-up. Hey, well, you because know, ultimately, if you are a leader, a leader, you are ultimately responsible. Right, he took responsibility for my screw-up. That made me feel pretty good, right? And he said, how can we solve this problem? What can we do differently? That invites me into the solution. We're a collaborative generation. We have been coached by everybody since we couldn't hit a ball, we had to use a T, okay? We've had coaching models, our parents were coaches, our teachers were coaches, so this coaching collaborative model is way different than a top-down autocratic do what I say now type of thing. But the difference is Jeff was firm about the problem, but he was tactful. You don't have to attack the person. You don't have to take away their self-esteem. That, that never worked for anyone. I didn't beat around the, I didn't beat around the bush. Because if I'd have beat around the bush, sure. it, it would probably go right over Randy's head. Again, firm, but tactful. Absolutely. But that's just how to give negative feedback. Another key part of feedback is appreciation and praise. You have to give people appreciation. Let's say Jeff, you know he's doing a good job. I say, Jeff, hey, looks really good, looks good. Or oh, report, looks good, thank you so much. Keep appreciate up the good work. It. thank you. Some people will go, well, that's just their job. I don't have to appreciate them. I don't have to say that. That's what we're paying them for. That's old school. That's very old school and it, that, that's something that it might be true for certain things. I'm not going to praise them for showing up to work uh, all as much as some people would like me to, but I am going to appreciate when they do a good job. And if there is a problem and they correct it, appreciation is the path. It's the, it's the way you can lead people down. Look, they appreciate, they notice, they, they know when I'm doing a good job and they're paying attention to me. Boom. And then praise is when you knock it out the park. If someone knocks it out the park, that's the only time you give praise, not all the time. And then you make a big deal out of it. That's the key. Mm -hmm. It's not the nice job, looks good, keep up the good work. Oh yeah, if someone knocks it out of the park, you can gush some praise on them, but it's not all the time. And you let them know the expectation is you get praise when you do an excellent, excellent job, a way above all the standards. Absolutely, I mean, that's, that's the key. And the way to get to that point is instead of trying to find people doing things wrong, which tends to be our mindset, the real key is to go out there and look for people doing things right. Because people do more things right than they do wrong. And if you have that mindset, 
And you should, because if your organization is existing, it means your people must be doing more right mm -hmm. than they're doing wrong. Absolutely. So that's number two. That's point number two. That's feedback. Give good, bad, appreciation, and praise. You need to do all of it for us to be successful, right? Now we're coming in for a landing. Last point. This is point number three we're going to make today is about autonomy. So autonomy, what does that mean? It means when you do your job, you're allowed to do it a little bit the way who you are as a person without someone putting their thumb on you and telling you exactly how to do it. And not micromanaging. Millennials hate being micromanaged. We hate it, right? No one micromanaged us. There's a different way. It's collaborative. It's a team type effort. We hate being micromanaged. And, and why, do you, why do you hate being micromanaged? Because it sends the message you don't trust us and you don't trust our abilities. And absolutely, that will drive people out of an organization. And as much as I say it, it's not just millennials. It's every generation. So this stuff works mm -hmm. for every generation, but it's an absolute necessity with the millennials. There's a super old quote, super old quote. It's from Patton. It said, never tell someone how to do something. Just tell them what to do and let them surprise you with their ingenuity. Now, that's a super old quote. Oh. It's so old, I think, Jeff, you actually heard Patton say that, didn't you? Randy, I am 65, not 95. Oh. I'm a vet, but Close I enough. wasn't around in World War II. Just, <laughs> Maybe a just movie a, you saw it, and how'd you yeah, see yeah. that? Yeah, 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 in the movies. In the movies. Yeah, I thought Patton told you, you're a veteran, you fought, right? You're there, you're army. I thought, figured. All right. So it doesn't matter because that message wasn't even meant for my generation. It, wasn't, it was before Jeff's time, and it still applies to this day. So micromanaging is like the death of a millennial soul. Don't do it. Don't micromanage. Figure out a way that you can give more control, let people have more personality out there, and not have to rubber stamp every single action they do. Because if you rubber stamp every action that they do, you're not going to help them to problem solve. And, and that's, a, that's an important part of growth in your career is learning how to problem solve. Most people, I, I know this is the case with me, I didn't know how to problem solve at 25. It's a skill and you mm -hmm. learn it by doing. And if you're micromanaging your people, bottom line is, is they're not going to learn how to problem solve for themselves. Mm -hmm. All right, one other part of autonomy we're going to talk about today is about how you treat your highest performers and how you treat your lowest performers. Because we're all special, right? We'll get, we'll get things where they say about, they all think they're special and whatever. We do feel special, and I think everybody's special. Everybody brings something unique. But here's something, let's imagine you have a really high performing uh, millennial, either a leader or a person in there. They're like a Clydesdale. They're like those big horses. What's a horse that pulls the Budweiser? Budweiser way. Yeah, it's a with the big deal. hairy yeah, feet down there, and they're just—they're the monster horses. They do all the hard work. These are the people that you rely upon. You give the most important projects to. You give the tight deadlines to. You lean on them for everything, right? Then you've got some other people in there. You've got your donkeys. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff, for that illustration. You've got donkeys. And what are your donkeys? Those are the people that you don't trust. You don't know that they're going to get something done. They're always complaining. They're the pains in your butt. And you know what? If you treat those two high performers and your donkeys exactly the same, you know what's going to happen? All those Clydesdales are going to skedaddle down the road, and you're going to be left with a bunch of donkeys. And you're going to be a donkey farmer, okay? You do not want to be a donkey farmer. You don't want the worst people sticking around. It's going to be terrible for you in the organization. Because if all you have in the organization is donkeys, word will get out. And that's all you'll start to attract is donkeys. Whereas if you have an organization of Clydesdales and the reputation gets out in the community, you will attract 
more Clydesdales. Mm -hmm. And that's how you perform well as an organization. And if you're giving maybe the best bonuses, you're giving the best opportunities, you're not overworking your Clydesdales, and you're having more expectations of your donkeys, you might get some complaints from those donkeys. But you have to go and you have to attack those. You have to go and talk to those people and not go, well, we're just going to have standards here and standards yeah. here. You want to either they have to rise up or they've got to go to somewhere else. You want to be high performing all the Clydesdales. And don't let anyone yeah. slack because the, the Clydesdales will be the first ones to get upset about that. Last thing you want to do is ignore the donkeys. That's right. I mean, you've got to deal with them, and that's where the firm and, and tactful comes yep. in. Got to be firm but tactful. That's a good opportunity. So we're coming in. This is our landing. We're at the very end here. Those were three points. Those are going to help you if you're a leader or if you've got millennials in your organization. That's what they want to have as a leader and someone with them. There's more than that, but that's what we could cover today. And you know what? Just to illustrate this, because we get a lot of people, like we said at the beginning, they, they complain about millennials. They focus on all the negatives. They don't know how to lead them. They can't figure it out. They're a pain in their butt, right? They do all this complaining about them, but what's, what are you going to really do about it? And maybe it's a mindset shift. Let me give you an example. When I was coming out of high school, a lot of people I know, they ended up going over to Iraq, over to Afghanistan. They're going door to door in Fallujah. They're in one of the most stressful most high level thing that you could imagine happening in their lives and having tremendous success. So where's this idea that millennials can't be lawyers, accountants, cement truck drivers, engineers? We can do all of those things really well. The difference is the leadership. As we say, it's time to stop complaining about millennials. And do something about it. I'm Jeff Cordes. I'm Randy Walensky. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Hey, awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you so much. Thanks, Andy. This right. is appropriate. I like what you got going. Here. I wear this every day. You know? My life is simple. I wear the same thing every day. I don't know if that's a millennial thing or not. Probably. Eh, whatever. That's how, we, that's how we roll. All right. So I learned a lot. I do struggle. I'm a millennial leader. I, I am that guy that said, you know, if, if, you know, if this doesn't get solved, the next conversation would be a lot different. Mm -hmm. I had that conversation two days ago, right? I can be very honest about that. And I also know as a millennial, my biggest pet peeve, whether it's my time that I spent in corporate America or the military, is I refuse to follow a bad leader. Mm. I've had some amazing leaders yeah, in the absolutely. military and the civilian world, and I've had some piss poor leaders <laughs> both ways. Absolutely, yeah. So I, everything you were saying was resonating to me as the, yeah, I'm a victim of that, being a millennial, but I did also have to think introspectively, what am I doing different? Mm -hmm. But I think that, that firm but fair, Right, you hold the line. Mm -hmm. yep. You take the ones above the line. You got to take care of the mm -hmm. ones below the line. You got to set the expectation. Exactly. So, what are some of those conversations? Refer to them as donkeys, right? <laughs> and it's not to their face. It is what it is, right? <laughs> but what are some of those conversations look like? Sure. When you're having that, that that donkey conversation of basically you're gonna you need to get up or out. Mm -hmm. how, how does that look to? And I'm Jeff because he's in retention and recruiting. I know he'll have a great answer for this. But just my quick two cents before it goes on is like you have to be direct. Yep. You have to be honest, and then you have to have like this is a different culture. Like this is a Clydesdale culture. Like you're here right now. This is where we expect you to be. So setting expectations like you can't be down here and be part of this organization. And those donkeys might opt out. That's, so that's they, my thought. Okay, so and I, that's where I was going. Yeah, absolutely. They, essentially, when you have those conversations and you're consistent about those conversations, you're going to have people that select out. Mm -hmm. right. right, from an, 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 right, it's one of those. We don't you know, fit in. I don't fit in there. I don't like the way they drive. I don't like the way they push things. Yeah, Perfect. absolutely. And I think the, the big thing is when we have your donkeys is you don't want to ignore them yep. and let it get so bad. You need to have those conversations earlier rather than later. And so one of the challenges I have, and I can think of a couple people in particular within our organization historically or even now, is you ask 
mm -hmm. and there's no feedback. Mm. How do you navigate that? So like you ask them to do something and they just go silent on you? Or you ask them the, the question, what are we gonna do about it? Okay. I wanna hear your ideas. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll address that. I think one of the things that I see is all of a sudden organizations start to ask for feedback, but they've never asked for feedback. Mm -hmm. Well, people aren't used to giving feedback. So you just gotta keep asking. Hey, mm -hmm. come on. And, and we actually do a program when we talk about it being a two-way street. Well, we will talk about people who work for these bosses and we'll say, look, when your boss asks you to get off the bench and into the game, mm -hmm. you say you want that, well, then you gotta get off the bench and into the game. Okay, and you know, I struggle. I, I've been told even in exit interviews with our previous employees, like, hey, you're unapproachable. You're difficult mm. to, like, we're, we're afraid of you. And I'm like, yeah, no problem walking <laughs> See, it's because you come in I, like I know, this. Right? <laughs> but I've been frank, I'm like, yeah, no problem coming in here and quitting. Why don't you come in here 90 days ago, mm -hmm. right? And I, that's why I'm looking at me, like, I'm, right? I, at the end of the day, it's not, right? I use this all the time in business. It might not be my fault, but as a business owner, it's certainly my responsibility. Yeah. So I didn't know what I need to change in my game, because I'm military, right? It is, it is or it ain't. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, there yeah. Ain't Black no, and white. Right, it's zero or it's 100. I, I, don't do, I don't do any of the numbers in between. Yeah. Well, I've heard this from Jeff so many times, and I think about what, what you talk about for when you have a leader that does, gets blindsided by yep. someone quitting, that's because there's been a communication gap that they have let happen in between there. So I don't yep. know if you want to that's speak where, to that. That's where I'm struggling. Yes. Yeah, and, and, and that's usually the, uh, oftentimes the case is you really got to try and, and sometimes the millennials are very forthright and, and you know, they'll tell you everything. But other cases, they're silent yep. and they sit back and you almost got to... You got to mine you, you a little bit watch, or you got to pull a little You got to watch their behavior too. If someone who's normally talkative all of a sudden starts to get quiet, that's a sign that something's going on. Then you got you to gotta go to the person and say, hey, Andy, you know, normally you're pretty, you know, uh, talkative. You're real quiet. How's it going? What's going yeah, yeah what's, what's, what's going on? And, and I even think just having where they shouldn't only talk to you or come into the office when there's something bad going yeah, on, right? Be, it should be coming in, what's going ideas. on? Tell me what's going on. Where are you going in life? What's going yep. on? I, I, I've had tons of people when leading them that you just bring them in, you find out who they are as a person and what they're motivated by and tell and that and you make time to get to know them. Then they feel like they can come and talk to you about something. What, what's going You don't say, you did a good job last week, but man, I haven't heard a lot from you. What's been going on? Just those little, like, you got you to keep knocking, you got to keep asking, you got to keep being involved with them until they feel comfortable that they can come tell you. And you you got to figure out what makes them tick. Mm -hmm. and, and that needs to start from day one, well, or it actually needs to start in the interview process. Yep. Figure out what makes them tick because that way you can press the right buttons. Well, I know I got a lot of this, right? There are a lot of things you were saying, like the accusatory things, right? My way or the highway. You know, it's gonna be a different conversation, mm -hmm. right? Those are things that I've, I've, I've felt, right? I'm guilty of, and I haven't done those things that you've been talking about as far as keeping those lines of communication mm -hmm. open, right? Yeah. Treating people like people, not like, well, I pay you to do this, yes. mindset, right? That's, that's yeah, my mindset, yeah. right? Isn't that what we pay you for? Exactly, no, trust me. Uh, <laughs> of people heard me say that before, right? I don't praise, I pay. My check's clear every other Friday, right? That's, you can quote me saying like that. I, I, like right. I like it, I like it. But maybe this, this is not me. This is my time to acknowledge and address it yeah. and, and turn the ship. So I really do appreciate your time today. I know I learned a lot. I know our viewership is going to learn a lot. And the whole key is, and this is for you guys out in the audience, is 
you've got to implement the strategies. It's, it's one thing to know, oh, oh yeah. I should do these things. It's a whole other thing to do it and then make it a habit of doing it. Because once yeah. you make it a habit of doing it, you're no longer doing it. It's just part of who you are, your culture, and you'll attract those Clydesdales. Yes. And, and you'll either promote up or promote out those donkeys. And you know what's the best part about it? You don't have to go through committee. You don't have to nope. get approval for it. It doesn't cost anything. Yeah. It's about how you treat people. That's the best part about it. You can do it tomorrow. You can do it right now. Yeah, as soon well, as you're done. Tomorrow. Do it right now. Do, do the thing now. So, <laughs> hey, I really do appreciate your guys' awesome. time today. Excellent message. Thanks very much. Thank, Thank you. you so much. What an awesome opportunity it was to have Randy and Jeff here on YG Stage, powered by Circle Electric. The stage is here at Serendipity Labs. Now the question is, are you or someone you know ready to share their story? Help us at YGTV feature the best speakers around by heading to younggunsmovement.com and applying to be on this stage. YG Stage is powered by Circle Electric and sponsored by Fleet Farm, Health Payment Systems, and Bell Bank Mortgage. I said it before, I'll say it again. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and listen to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. As always, I'm Andy Wines, president of Greenup Solutions. Thanks for tuning in.